This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 108. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am not joined by my co-host Lisa Clow this time. She is not able to make it to this week's show, but no worries, she will be back. But instead, I am excited to announce that I have Cecilia Kinsey. Hey, so happy to be here. Awesome. I am so glad that you joined me today, Cecilia. So, for those of you who may not know Cecilia, I'm, although I'm really su- shocked, I'm really surprised, I'm shocked, I, I was trying to say both of those at the same time, but uh, I'm both of those things. If you don't know who Cecilia is, for one thing, she's a colored pencil artist, obviously, but she is the leader of one of the most popular Facebook colored pencil groups, and it's called Colored, colored Pencils colored for, pencils beginners, for and beginners and Beyond. And beyond. It used to be yeah. just... Colored pencil for beginners, right? Yep. Yes. CP4B, now it's CP4BAB, right? <laughs> well, I think we're just going to stick with the. <laughs> Are you the not going to add B? more on there? Oh, okay. CP4B and yeah. B and B and C and D and XYZ. Okay. But, but the official title is Colored Pencil for Beginners and Beyond. It's awesome. Now, I, I have so, I have tremendous respect for you. The way that you have just built that group and the how you foster the relationships and just manage that group is just, it's, it's admirable. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how how you do that. I mean, it's like you're omnipresent or something, because anytime I ever go over there, you're there. You're in every comment. You're <laughs> making posts. I mean, it's like, wow, how does how does she do this? How yeah. do you do that? Well, I pretty much don't have a life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the group and colored pencil art pretty much is yeah. my life right now. But no, in all seriousness, I, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody gets a, a response. I don't want anybody to feel like Nobody answered their question or saw their piece. So I'm really conscious about that. And I I just, the thing about the Facebook groups is if you don't moderate them and you don't nurture them, they'll just go really crazy and there'll be a lot of spammers and it'll just be basically, it'll just self-destruct. So (laughs) you got to kind of stay on it. And, you know, I think it's really easy for me just because I'm so passionate about colored pencils and learning how to draw with colored pencils and actually being right. part of a larger colored pencil community has mm-hmm. given so much to me in my life and that all I want to do is just give back. So it's almost like I'm energized by it. Yeah. Well, you've certainly done that. I mean, and you've only had that group for I, how long has it been? What, two years, one year? It's not been yeah, very I long. Think, no, our, yeah, our one year was April 19th. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, thousands of people in there. But I mean, the thing about this group is it's it's grown just so fast, so quickly. And it's because of the quality of the posts in there and the interaction. And uh, if you're not a part of that group, I, you know, you're really, really missing out. If you're a colored pencil enthusiast or colored pencil artist in any way, you need to really be a part of that group. So we are going to have a fuller and more complete interview 
with Cecilia, but we're not going to do that today. I want to wait till Lisa's back and we're going to interview you, Cecilia. But can you tell us just briefly a little bit more about yourself? Oh, about myself? Let's see. I'm a California girl. I'm born and raised and I love the beach. Surprise, surprise for a California girl. (laughs) And it's pretty cool that my family was kind of different growing up. Like my mom and dad, they were just very artistic people and they traveled a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah. We always had like art supplies in the house and they take us to like the art store. There was this one place in Berkeley called Amsterdam Art. I don't think it's there anymore. But for us, it was like going to the toy store because we got to pick out one, you know, art supply. And that was just such uh-huh. a big deal. And I don't know. So they, they just basically gave me such an appreciation for art just, just in general. And they always made us feel like we could create whenever we wanted. And my friends loved it because they'd be like, wow, we can't do this at my house. You know, we can't yeah. make a mess like this at my house. So <laughs> right. I just have so many good memories in my childhood, but I never considered to do it seriously. For me, it was something I did just for myself. I never really thought about going to art school or taking classes, and I'm kicking myself now. So, you know, fast forward years and years. Unfortunately, I have some difficult health issues, chronic health issues, that kind of limit me in a lot of ways in my life. I can't do the things I want to do or used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. So I kind of picked up coloring as a way to, I don't know, I guess get my mind off, not Mm -hmm. feeling well. And, you know, you can get a little depressed when you're chronically ill just because a lot is taken away from you. You know, it's almost like you don't have your identity anymore and you don't really know who you are. Wow, that was that was really deep. But what I'm well, no, it's it's really true though. I I really love that. I'm glad I'm glad that you're vulnerable enough to to share that too. I mean, so many of us deal with uh, different chronic issues, maybe not as serious as uh, maybe what you're talking about. But I mean, you're exactly right. Art is an an escape, or it's a way of coping for many of us, for a lot of people. And so, Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it was instant. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. I I found some old color pencils. I actually think they were my mom's, which is really exciting because, unfortunately, my mom passed when I was younger. But her all the gifts she gave me about you know being able to feel free to create and express yourself, mm-hmm. and and here I find these Prisma colors that I've had all this time and didn't even know they were sitting in my art bag. Oh, it's that just is yeah, it's just crazy. And they're the old yeah. ones, so they were really nice. Oh, nice. And I just fell in love. I mean, in that instant, it was like oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Yeah, And I would just, my whole personality changed because every morning I was like excited to get up and work on a colored pencil. You know, well, I was doing coloring pages then, but I was like entering challenges and stuff. Like I was like super Uh serious about it, you know? That is really cool. Yeah, I actually won some cool challenges. And I won a ton of like art supplies and stuff. So, I mean, it was so fun. But at one point I realized, oh my gosh, you know, I'm trying to color but what I would do is I would look up reference photos like if I was yeah. the coloring page was flowers I'd look online to see if I could find some similar flowers and so I could kind of see where like the light was you know going oh, that's and, interesting yeah to try to make it look more realistic and I finally right. realized oh my gosh why don't I just draw my <laughs> my yeah. own pictures I don't need to color yeah so you came you came to color pencil and to art I guess as an adult I would say it, through this this medium of the coloring pages. Yeah. First, right. That, yeah. that is that is fascinating. I know. It's crazy. And I basically started joining the other Facebook groups that were, uh-huh. uh, you know, just strictly about color pencil art. And uh-huh. I was so 
intimidated. Like I was so scared to post something because, you know, I, I don't know. I thought maybe they looked down on people who color a little bit. And I was just, I didn't really know what I was doing. So that's kind of why I started the Colored Pencils for Beginners group. Because I was yeah. like, I want a safe place where you're not going to feel intimidated. And, but what's really funny <laughs> Is that? Well, let me say something right there about that. I, because the, this is, I, I just want to, not to make too fine a point about this, but that is what makes your group, I think, different, is because there is this open type of feeling about it where I think everyone does feel like they can share and they can be open in that group and they can, you know, just. Uh, say, you know, here I am, I'm just a beginner, this isn't the greatest thing ever, but here it is, and, and I want to learn, and everyone's learning and growing together. And that, yeah. that I think, makes a, a huge difference. Because you're right, in a lot of the other colored pencil groups or art groups that allow colored pencil, there is this intimidation factor often associated with some of the groups. And so that is a big difference, I think, in your group. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. But at the same time, the first week that I started the group, people started joining and posting uh-huh. their stuff. And already I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person in my group. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I started getting too scared to post even in my own group that first week. And I was like, well, I got to get over it. And then yeah. I kind of just realized like, I have to be brave and I just have to get over it. And I think the group now has, it, it's it's changed a little bit because there was this core group that started at the very beginning, uh-huh. but a lot of them are out exhibitions, winning awards. They're they're really not mm. beginners anymore. And so I kind wow. of had to rethink the title because I didn't want anybody to leave, you know, like yeah. hey, you're not a beginner now, you're kicked out. I wanted It's them so to, funny yeah. because because we all and I remember being a beginner and you know, it wasn't all that long ago for me. And I remember the the feelings that I had, the intimidation that I felt when I was around artists that I felt like were just so much more talented or so much more, you know, better, you know, fill in the blank. And then I started realizing, you know, that we all start somewhere and they didn't start where they were. And I felt, you know, I felt a little bit better about that when I started realizing that I started coming really, you know, I guess I knew that, but more fully understand that, you know, everyone starts somewhere and then you just improve. But having a safe place online, like the one that you've fostered in that group is, I think, a key element to somebody being able to grow, though. So I'm so glad. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, oh, thank you. And I'm always going to keep it safe for beginners. um, And I always want it to be a place where people feel safe and they feel nurtured and so that Mm -hmm. they can be brave and post something. But at the same time, I'm also growing and evolving as well. I I eventually (laughs) would like to, you know, get better. And and I think I'll always kind of have that beginner's mind. So maybe I'll always be a beginner, but I I do want to improve, even if it's just something therapeutic that I do for myself. I enjoy it more, the better I get. For me, it's more enjoyable. So I want to learn new stuff. And so I try to keep my group as exciting as I can with, you know, adding a lot of tutorials and advice and Mm -hmm. just, I want it to be a fun place for all levels to learn something. And what's really cool is that we have some professional artists in the group who are there to help us if we don't know the answer to something and they're fantastic there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of them and they um sometimes they tell me oh my gosh i didn't know that and so it's so exciting to me that we have baby beginners and like 
you know, advanced yeah, uh, professional yeah. colored pencil artists both learning in the same place. And that just makes I me really that. happy. Yeah. Oh, I so. love that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the teacher I want. That is the teacher I want. The one that's still learning, the one that's still growing, the one that isn't, you know, full of themselves or, or thinks that, you know, they've arrived, but is vulnerable enough to, to say, even to a beginner, you know, hey, I never considered that. So that's awesome. That's perfect. All right. So like I said earlier, we are going to have a a more full interview with you, Cecilia, and I can't wait for that. But we'll go ahead and now let's transition over into the main part of our show today. And actually, Cecilia came up with this great idea for a show, and it's called Light Bulb Moments in Colored Pencil. Perfect show title. And we're just going to talk about these light bulb moments, right, Cecilia? These mm-hmm. game changers that we found out about something, some tip, some shortcut, mm-hmm. something that just revolutionized our particular method or technique for rendering color pencil art. And we didn't know about it before. And it was just like, wow, that really sped things up or that made me more efficient at fill in the blank, whatever mm-hmm. it is. What's funny is that I think that some of these I actually got from your Sharpened Artist Academy, John. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I should tell everybody he didn't pay me. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to say that, so thank yeah, you. No, I was thinking of them. I'm like, oh, wait, I think John taught me this. That's so funny. So, oh, that's awesome. Um, All right. Yeah, so number okay. one, I think it's something that I saw in your Sharpen Artist Academy. And if you aren't a member, you definitely should be. And I think it's for all levels. I know you focused it more for beginners, but there's so much info in there. I know everybody's going to be able to learn something from your course. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's my little plug for you. <laughs> wow, <But> thank you. <laughs> so yeah, there's this section in in John Sharpen Artist Academy. It's his, his his online class where he shows you how to fix a mistake, and it's so cool. And I never knew that you could take like scotch tape or magic tape, mm, whatever you mm-hmm. call it, and that you could put it down and it would lift color. And then, but you can go even further. You can take um, like mounting putty or mm. the kneaded eraser and take off even a little bit more, and then you use the eraser. I mean, that was such a revelation to me because I always just thought, oh, you know, because in school, oh, it's dirty, you just erase it. And so I thought it was the same with colored pencil, but a lot of time when you erase it, it just smears the color back yeah. into the paper. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it worse. So just Yeah, because you're actually tips. scrubbing yeah. it and, and pushing it down into the fibers of the paper. Exactly, and I would be throwing out a lot of things that I could have fixed if I would have known like, oh no, you can take it off by layers. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think that was just a huge revelation for me and I hope it is for someone else out there too. Awesome. Well, let me just add to that then, since you brought that one up, that is, that is a good one. And I remember finding out about that as well. Now that wasn't something that I came up with. I demonstrate it and, and talk about it and, and show that in the, in the academy, but yeah, other color pencil artists that I've stood on, you know, their shoulders and looked out over the valley taught me these things. And that was one of them. And, you know, it, for me, it was a game changer big time because the other thing about it to me, I guess, was that I I didn't know, and I'm going to incorporate my, my tip here, but I didn't know that you could just be that abusive with your paper, <laughs> making, you know, like putting these impressed lines in there and just pushing things down into the paper and then you can scrub out some of those things if you have to if you've made enough you know i make a lot of mistakes i mean let's just face it i'm being real honest about it i do and there's times i make a lot of mistakes and 
it was that was something that was intimidating and scary to me about colored pencil to be real blunt about it when i first started drawing colored pencil because i came from graphite i did oil painting years and years ago but i came from graphite recently and so I, I couldn't believe I couldn't erase, you know. And so when I found out these methods for erasing, that was a game changer. So my tip is that you can use Stonehenge paper. When I started using Stonehenge, I was using a Strathmore, I think, 300 uh, series before that. And, uh, you know, this Bristol-type paper is kind of the finish of that. But it was very difficult to erase. You couldn't hardly use solvent on it or anything like that. But when I switched over and started using Stonehenge paper... It took a lot of abuse, even though it looked like a flimsy paper. Those Mm -hmm. long cotton fibers in there are able to withstand a lot of abuse. And so you can even take, you know, that, what is the name of that eraser? I've got it over on my desk there. It's the the Tombow. Mono Zero? uh, yeah, well, it's the Tombow eraser that is the sanded eraser. You oh, know, it's got, the sanded one. It's got that pumice inside it where it just mm-hmm. scrubs your paper, <laughs> tears it up. You know, it's a last resort. You're so but, mean to your paper, John. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm abusive towards it. But Stonehenge, it, it likes that. It likes being beat. And you can do that, though, and you can restore areas, you know, and change the color in those areas. And that, I thought, was pretty cool. Very, very cool. And I have to say that... Stonehenge is one of my favorite papers, if not my favorite paper. Yeah, it's so. so yeah, I like to abuse my <laughs> my surfaces too. <laughs> I'm nice to you know I'm nice in real life, but you got to get your aggression out some way, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. Well, the paper isn't nice to us. I mean, makes us <laughs> give it lots of layers. So, mm, well, luckily, luckily, paper doesn't have feelings, so I think we're okay. Um, so the, <laughs> the next one for me actually is, is from you too, John. <laughs> I learned it from you too. It's how to hold your pencil. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but I've always held my pencil like wrong growing up. And yeah, so you taught kind of like a tripod grip. Mm -hmm. And I love that grip. Ever since I started holding it that way, I find that my drawings improved just from holding it that way. I have more control. And I don't know if I got this from you or someone else, but also being able to you know, if you want to press hard to move your hand more towards the tip or the, excuse me, the point of mm-hmm. the, the colored pencil, right. or if you want to do more, you know, light, if you want to put, make lighter pressure, then you can just mm-hmm. take your hand and move it back towards the end of it. So I don't know. I just, that, that has actually helped me a lot because I was really heavy handed when I first right. started with color pencil. And I think a lot of people are that way. And now I'm able to do more light layers and I actually enjoy it a lot more than being heavy-handed it's a lot more fun for me to build up those light layers and it's really relaxing too it's kind of like a meditative thing yeah yeah yeah, i'd have to agree with that yeah it really is and that is something that i remember early on uh, really you know learning how to draw all over again as an adult because when you're a child and i took you know a big 20 25 year break from art so yeah coming back to art and just learning that those kind of things those small things people think are small they're really big deals though holding the pencil a certain way and where you hold it on the on the shaft i'd have to agree with that people are going to start thinking (laughs) i gave you these tips i know right i I did not this is like a paid uh advertisement advertisement. it's really not for john so Uh, okay all right (laughs) so moving along here (laughs) okay so one of the things i thought was just a huge light bulb moment is I remember hearing people talk about solvent. Oh, yeah, use solvent and do this and do that with solvent. And I was like, 
eh, okay, I'm getting along just fine without using solvent. And so I went ahead and I picked up some solvent. And of course, I had to buy just about every solvent that I could find and test them all. But I settled on, on Gamsel for a number of reasons. But using solvent, I could not believe how quickly you could just spread things around and get the white of the paper. All that tooth just filled in so completely and quickly. That was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet it is for a lot of people, too. Yeah, what about you? Did did, um, did you feel like that when you used it? or Actually, I don't use solvent very much. I mean, I, I'll use it for like special projects, but it's not something yeah. I use every day. You don't use it a lot. Yeah. No, I don't use it a lot just because, you know, it's just my health issues. I just don't want to take my chances. It's probably fine. Probably yeah. absolutely fine. But when you're already sick, you just you're a little bit more paranoid about that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But um, but no, I love the results that people get. And, you know, this might I was going to go in order, but maybe I should skip around because this kind of leads into a, um, another one of my revelations. Not to skip. Yeah. If, if you're ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. OK. Um, well, you were talking about how solvent was this big game changer for me. Well, I've had something that does something similar as a solvent, but it's not, you know, it's not solvent. I found these little brushes. I think they're mainly used in watercolor. They're called scrubber brushes. Oh, yes. But yeah, they're really, really small. Well, they come in different sizes, but I like right. like the real small ones, like the size two. Right. And the the bristles are like to- like toothbrush bristles. It's not like soft yeah. or anything. Right. And so what I've been doing is gently scrubbing the pigment into yep. the paper and I enjoy it because something about holding a paintbrush in my hand it just mm-hmm. I don't know it just feels so good to me and the other thing is I just recently this is so exciting I just recently got an Icarus drawing board and I know you've had Esther on your show but nice yeah, yeah. But for those of you that don't know it's a it's a heated drawing board that you can use with your colored pencil. And there's different heat settings and everything. And so I stayed on a pretty low heat, medium low, and with just that little bit of heat and using that scrubber brush, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it was like painting. It was literally yeah. was like painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. And it was nice because my hands kind of start to hurt when I, you know, put too much pressure. Right. And my hands didn't hurt at all because I hardly had to use any pressure. So... So those combined were amazing. But even if you don't have the Icarus board, because I know not everybody has the Icarus board, if you work on sanded paper, the scrubber brush works really well as well. And you can scrub the pigment into the, what would you call it? The, you know, the little nooks and crannies, I guess, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the paper. That is yeah. awesome. Excellent tip. Yeah, scrubber brushes and the Icarus board. I love that. You know, and let me just say really quickly here. Yeah, if you have not heard Esther Roy's interview that we've done, then just go go back and, and check hers out. You can also just type in sharpenedartist.com slash Esther, I believe, and she'll come right up. But yeah, she talks about just the whole inception of where that idea came from and how she ended up creating that product. It's such a good product. I do have one. I'm probably, you know, I I test it from time to time. I'm not proficient at it. Don't feel like I'm very good at it yet. But I have to agree with you, though. You you put your pencil on it or after you have pigment down, then you get a brush. Also, a shaper brush works pretty well, too. But the scrubber brushes are excellent. And, yeah, you can move pigment around. And, yeah, it's just like painting. And, you're like you said, it's effortless so quick. Just speeds, yeah. speeds things up so much. It's so fun. I used to be a preschool teacher. And so we used to have kids melt crayons on, like, a heating tray. Mm, that is what it feels like. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, when everybody was gone, I was cleaning up. I'd look around and I'd turn it on and I'd do some <laughs> because it was so fun. So right. it totally reminds me of it. But, you know, I think with all these amazing tools that have been invented now that we get to use, yeah. I think it's important to realize that you're not, your, your work isn't going to look like the artist your first time using it. Right, right. Like it's, there's really, there's kind of like a learning curve for every new tool. So, so yeah, I hear what you're saying. And very cool. I have a lot to learn, but just my first impressions, um, I loved it. Awesome. Okay, so you did mention this one, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, and I'll just kind of capitalize on it or talk a little bit more about it. But Cecilia, you mentioned the sanded paper, and I just want to talk about that for a moment. You mentioned using scrubber brushes on that, which is excellent because your pigment kind of rests on top of those uh, sanded that sanded surface. And uh, so it's easy to move the pigment around quite easily on a sanded surface. I have to admit, I was kind of scared of sanded paper for quite a while here. And, you know, I test on it once in a while and I'd come back to it and I'd say, oh, I'll try this again. I just couldn't get over that scrubby sanded feeling with it. And I tried the 800 grit. I've tried 400 or uh, 600 grit too. And, and I guess I, yeah, I did try the 400 as well. I do like the 800. I'm kind of partial to it, but I'm, I'm getting to where I like the other uh, grits as well. But anyway, I got over that, <laughs> that feeling, that texture feeling that I didn't care for. And I really love this stuff. And actually with the 800 grit, it just feels pretty velvety. It, it just has kind of a smooth kind of feel to it. But it was a game changer for me. I completed a piece in two days. For two day, two days for me is is a big big deal. If anybody knows me, it takes a long time between you know day job and that kind of thing. But yeah, I did one in in two days, and I'm pretty proud of that. But what I found happening with sanded paper, as opposed to using cotton paper, is that it takes the pencil quite easily it'll stay you know you put the line down and it will keep the pigment in place and you don't find yourself going back over it time and time again although you can keep layering quite a bit you don't necessarily have to as much especially if you get the finer tooth like the 800 grit tooth because you don't have as much to fill in but you're not having to just layer tons and tons like you have to do with, you know, like Stonehenge and things like that. Probably a real similar thing when, from what you're you're getting when you use the plastic type of surfaces like the the film. You use that a lot, don't you, Cecilia? I've tested with that before. Yeah, yeah, I love the drafting film a lot, yeah. and one of the reasons I started with the drafting film was because. As I was saying before, my, my wrists and my hands tend to hurt when I work too long on paper and I'm having to, you know, do a little bit harder of a pressure. Yeah. Yeah, my hands just don't like that. So the drafting film was kind of this great answer because really you just have to be whisper light <laughs> with, yeah. with it because yeah. it doesn't take very many layers. Right. But you can work, work on both sides, which is so fun and cool. And I kind of like the look of it. This is a great story because it totally fits into what you were just talking about. Well, sometimes you, you can get frustrated on the drafting film because you'll run out of layers too soon. And I know that can happen to anybody with basically any type of paper, right? Yeah. When you're doing yeah. color pencils. Right. So I remember being so frustrated, frustrated that I threw it away in the garbage. And then I thought, you know what? That's an expensive piece of drafting film. <laughs> I took it out of the garbage. I cleaned it up as much as I could with alcohol. Because that's the nice thing about drafting film. You really can cl completely clean it because it's, pl it's plastic. It's not, yeah. it's not natural. Right. And what I did is I had some, something I got from some convention. It was like this, 
it was a golden, a set of golden acrylic paints. And inside there was something mm-hmm. called um, pastel grounds. And I was like, huh, pastel grounds. And I read on and it said, oh, you can put this on any surface and it will turn it into a sanded surface. Perfect for pastels. So I did a layer on my drafting film. And then once it dried, I started drawing on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was that was definitely a light bulb moment for me because that's pretty cool. Yeah, because you know, know about this. When I worked on the drafting film, I felt like sometimes I couldn't do what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I had run out of layers. But when I was working on the pastel grounds, which are pre- pretty much, I'm thinking they're like maybe 600, 800 grip grip paper. I think it's about that feeling and the same feeling, although I'm not completely sure. But it seems really fine to me. But I could draw whatever I wanted. Like, I could just do what I wanted. Like, it wasn't working against me. Like, if I was drawing something that didn't look good, it was all on me. It wasn't the fault of the paper, you know? And so ever since then, I've been using it, but not just on the film. I've been using it on canvas, which is really fun. Yeah, I did this. One of my favorite pieces that I've done, you know, I haven't done that many pieces. It's only been a year or so, but... I did this rose on canvas with the pastel grounds, and it to me, it looks like a painting, and it was just so much fun. So I'm just having a blast That's with it. Cool. So that was definitely a, a light bulb moment for me. And, you know, I know some competitions and stuff may not allow it if it's a 100% yeah. colored pencil competition, but it works on any surface. So if you want to draw on wood, metal, anything, you just slap a few, <laughs> a few layers awesome. of it. Yeah, yeah, you can make any paper, any paper you have into sanded paper. And it the pastel grounds are my favorite, but I know some other people, like I know Alona likes the Liquitex clear gesso, and that mm-hmm. also has a, right. t- a sandy surface, a little bit more fine than the pastel mm-hmm. grounds. And then Color Fix also makes pastel ground as well. So mm-hmm. for those of you that, you know, are kind of like DIY like me and like to experiment and get yeah, messy. Yeah, well, this yeah. is interesting. It's like, yeah, it's like gessoing, I guess, but you're, so exactly. you've got this, um, I just looked at. I had to look this up. <laughs> so here it is on Amazon at eight ounce. I guess that would last quite a while. Yeah, and you actually, yeah, you actually mix it with water. Mm-hmm. So it that's does. What I, that's what yeah. it looks like. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, wow. it's cool. I've that been having awesome. fun, and I've been I've been to a golden paint demo. So I've gotten to ask a lot of questions, and I've nice. literally discovered a whole new world of how I can incorporate acrylics with color pencil. And that's the direction yeah. I, I really want to go. I love the idea of mixing the two and working on canvas. Oh. It's just yeah. That's so. so fun. Yeah, it's so fun that you can. That's why part of the reason why I love colored pencils so much. So you can use so many other mediums with it. Okay, so my next one is, and I've been playing around with this a little bit lately, is using pan pastels and just other chalk pastels, soft pastels, as an underpainting, and then using colored pencil on top of that. I remember hearing about this and seeing other artists do this and talking to them about it. I didn't really know, you know, if that would work too well. It works actually really well. Um, And it just saves you a ton of time too. It just, you know, you can get a lot of coverage with pastels and not so much with colored pencils. So are you using it on the sanded paper? Yeah, I'm using it on sanded paper and no, it's great. And I, you know, I found out that, hey, colored pencil just go right up on top of that. So makes it really nice. Have you tried that? Cool. 
Yeah. No, not yet, but I've heard everybody talk about it. I'm yeah. just afraid to fall in love with Pam Pastels because I literally <laughs> right, can't right. afford to fall in love with any other, oh, no, <laughs> any other modality right now. Yeah. But I love that you're mixing media because, you know, those backgrounds with just color pencil, they can be uh, really time consuming. So I love can. the idea of using other things for the background. You know, I... Yeah, I also, you're talking about, you know, not wanting to put a whole lot of pressure on your hand all the time. That, you know, I think a lot of us have some issues uh, surrounding that. I have carpal tunnel that I deal with from time to time, and I'll actually wear a brace, you know, to try to help with that. But I'm always looking for ways to to not have to sit there and just use that repetitive motion on uh, pieces that I'm working on because it can start aggravating my carpal tunnel. I know eventually I'll have to have surgery for that, and... Hopefully that will fix that, whatever that is. I think it's carpal tunnel. I was told that once by uh, doctor. by a doctor, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool that you're using other media for the backgrounds, you know, because the backgrounds can be so tedious and take so long. And I think yeah. that's something that kind of scares people away from colored pencil. So I think introducing people to colored pencil with some mixed media, I think can get people really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. And I, I, love, I love the mixed media myself, so... That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing I was just going to mention about that is you mentioned an underpainting. And I love that word. And I think that was actually one of my light bulb moments when I figured out what an underpainting was and how I could Mm -hmm. use it with colored pencil. And one of the first lessons I ever learned that was when I was doing a bird. But before I laid down the colors, I laid down all the tones first in Mm -hmm. different shades of blue. So that was kind of like the underpainting. And I've done that with other things. Like I did that with a flower. And then it doesn't have to be blue. It can be like you can do all the shadows and complement the colors. Or you can do it. I've seen people do it in graphite. And um, the the, excuse me. The, gra- the drafting film, I was going to say Duralar, that's a type of drafting film, but I mm-hmm. prefer the graphics drafting film opposed to the Duralar, but they're both nice. I just have a slight preference towards the other one. It's really great for doing underpaintings because you can do the underpaintings on the back and then turn it over and then just do oh, your yeah. colors. Yeah, so that's cool, but you can still do it in, you know, with other types of paper too, sanded paper. And, right. you know, or, you know, you can always put like a layer of workable fixative over your underpainting or, or, or do like the brush and pencil product. So, yeah, but I just think it's really yeah. cool for me. I think we've ha- we talked about this before, but as a beginner, I'm still having a hard time seeing value and tones and getting that, tweaking that just right. So to do an underpainting for me, I feel like has been really useful and helpful. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I remember early on struggling with that as well. Sometimes I still do, is trying to figure out what the values are. And that's the reason why I think doing this uh, study in just the values as you're underpainting is very helpful. But what I wanted to mention, Cecilia, I'm glad you brought this up, is that, you know, when you're starting out, I think it's a good thing also to go into Photoshop or whatever editor you're using, maybe GIMP or paint.net or whatever program, software program you're using for your reference photo. And what you can do is you can turn that in, you know, play around with some of the elements in there. You can turn that into a posterized rendering or uh, just reduce it down to, you know, take all the saturation out, reduce it down to a black and white, something like that, and then increase the contrast. Anything that will help you to identify where 
like the Terminator line is where the the actual highlights are and where the shadow is and then where exactly in that subject matter it's turning from a lighter value to a darker value. That That is, I know that sounds silly to maybe some of you who have been drawing or painting for a long time, but to you sitting over there and you're just starting out, I'm there with you. I know exactly what that feels like when you're like, I can hardly see that. It's hard for me to value, mm-hmm. to judge that value. It is. Uh, the I know colors exactly. distract you. It, it, it does. The mm-hmm. colors distract you. And it's also, it's just hard to see when you start out. It is. And uh, I think a lot of times what happens to a teacher who has been teaching for a long time, and some of us get like that, is that they stop remembering what that feels like when you cannot judge that value very easily. And so there are some little tricks and tips that that can help in that regard where you can kind of train your eye. You're actually helping yourself by training your mind on how to judge these things, how to see them. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And it kind of runs right right into another game changer I wanted to share. And, you know, I don't have a color printer at home. And I thought if I wanted to, you know, develop my reference photo, I had to go to like, you know, like a, a photo development center or whatever. Oh, and they're right. really expensive. Yeah, they are. But this is like a revelation. I learned this from actually a teacher that I took a workshop with, color pencil teacher. You can go to any office supply store, like Staples or Office Max, mm-hmm. whatever, right. and they will print you out a color photo of your reference photo just on regular paper, but it will still be really nice. And you can have them do it in black and white as well and for 59 cool. cents each. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's less than what you'd probably pay if you used you know, your ink <laughs> yeah, on your yeah. color printer. It's printer. very and so, expensive. I, what I like to do and, and what I was taught is to not just print out one reference photo, but to print out a few. Like mm-hmm. I like to have one underneath when I'm drawing so I can just kind of peek underneath and see if I'm kind of matching up. Right. And that was another tip I got from the, the teacher I'm talking about right now. And then you can also put one in front of you. Then you can also have one that's just black and white, you know, and then you, like you said, you could even have more. You could have the one that's posturized. So I just, I think that was a revelation for me that I didn't just have to have like one reference photo and also just finding out that it's less expensive to do it at the office supply store. That, yeah. I mean, that was just so awesome. And yeah, who, yeah. who was that teacher? If you don't mind. The, okay. I'll mention yeah. the teacher is Tracy Frayne. He's a oh, Chicago based cool. artist. Yeah. Yes. And he, yeah, I went to his workshop last year. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Nice. So, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll put a link to Tracy in the show notes. Yeah, I do want to have him on the show as yeah, well. Yeah, he's a great he's a great teacher. Awesome. Um, yeah. This is for people who work on the, the drafting film, is that I would even print out a reference photo, the mirror image of it. Does that make sense? Oh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're you're working you, on the you back, can do that. Yeah. You you can't. I mean, you can use that reference the reference picture, but if uh, that you know the normal one, but it's really no. hard. It like messes <laughs> yeah. with your brain. I would be able me, to. Do I've that. tried. Yeah. It's much easier to just print out the mirror. Do the mirror. Image. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah so that was that's just a, some a little tri- you know trick for those that are working with the film because it's pretty awesome. popular these days i think a lot of people just want to try it because it looks neat and oh yeah yeah it's yep. just fun it's just fun experiment that yeah. is that is so yeah. cool yeah. i'm glad that he talks about that too it's kind of a i don't know sort of a a, a little 
unknown, best-kept secret kind of thing among some <laughs> color pencil artists. That, you know, you just print these out in varying uh, shades of, of uh, values. You know, a lighter, a darker, and a just-right kind of thing. That's something also that I talk about in the Beginner's Color Pencil course. It's very important. I, I love that. Yeah, I would love to have Tracy on. He's a phenomenal artist. Such a great guy, too. So I just have one more that I would really like to share with everybody. And I wish, I really wish I would have done this so much earlier than I actually did. In December of last year, I joined the Colored Pencil Society of America. And I'm so lucky that I have two local chapters near me. I have one an hour south and an hour north. I went I went with the hour south, which is the San Diego one, just because traffic's a little easier that way than going up towards LA. But I have to tell you, it has really changed how I think about colored pencil, how I feel about colored mm-hmm. pencil. It has strengthened my commitment so much because mm-hmm. the moment I joined, everybody just took me under their wing. I mean, it's amazing. You feel so welcome. They gave me all these free colored pencil supplies. I mean, worth the cost of membership, I swear. You know, they had this like little welcome bag for me and it had all these, you know, little, uh, you know, had a little great. book. It had different pens. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic. They're so sweet. And the, the neat thing is like every meeting and we meet once a month, you get a chance to have your art critiqued by people who have been doing colored pencils for over 30 years. That is so that valuable. That is so valuable. And I know you, we can do some of that online. But really, it can't really substitute. Yeah, it's a little different. So, I mean, and I know they're gentle, but they're straightforward. And I appreciate it so much because I do want to get better. And they think of things I would have never thought of by by myself. And and they feel so happy, too, mentoring you. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, and that 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 is a very good reason to have a support group like that, because, yeah, yeah, seeing it in person and being able to look in somebody's eyeballs as they're talking to you about what they're seeing. Yeah, they're looking at it from a different perspective. You know, you've got your own lenses that you're looking at it through. And it's like trying to, you know, edit your writing. You know, it's hard for you to do. You have to have a second set of eyes. Uh, Same thing with with your artwork, you know. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing I just want to say about that is that now I have opportunities to actually exhibit my art. There's some Mm -hmm. shows coming up, some non-juried shows, you know, because I don't know if I'd be ready for a juried show yet. And I can't tell you how exciting I am to have that opportunity presented to me. And and it's making me want to get better. And it's making me want to be more committed and draw more. So I just can't say... I just can't say enough good things about the Color Pencil Society of America. And if you have a local chapter, you definitely need to check it out. Well, I would yeah. definitely have to I would have to second that, Cecilia, and thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, that organization, they've done so much for colored pencil over the past couple of decades. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, and I, it's for beginners, too. Just know it's not just oh, yeah, for advanced. Definitely. It's for everybody, anybody who loves colored pencils and you want to step up your game, you should join the CPSA. Yeah, that's exactly that right. Yeah, they're paying me too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I just refer things I love, you know. Maybe you have had a light bulb moment. Yes, you sitting over there drawing right now or driving in your car from or to work. Maybe you're at work. It's okay. I'm not going to tell. But I would love to know what that light bulb moment was for you. And I would love for you to share that over in the Colored Pencil Podcast group on Facebook. Remember to check out Cecilia's group. 
Colored Pencil for Beginners and Beyond. And also, we'll have everything that we talked about in the show notes. So don't worry about writing it down. We do all the notes for you. Sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And if you have anything that you would like to share, you can always email me, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Uh, and Cecilia, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you co-hosting today. Oh, thank you so much. I had so much fun, and I can't wait to come back and meet Lisa. Awesome. It'll be great. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Yeah, like it blew our minds. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> These color pencil tips will blow your mind. Oh, let's get let's think of one even cheesier than that. I don't know what it would be, but that's probably the tops, you know. Changing yeah. the world one color pencil tip at a time. Okay. Ch- All right. No, changing your world. Changing your world. Yeah. <laughs>